on this episode of DYBE, we discuss our picks for 2019 and what we're looking forward to in the year after 2020. This year. Which one? This one. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Did You Bring Earplugs, the first episode of... 2020, the year of our Lord, <laughs> 2020, the year so nice. They named it twice. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Sometimes you got to set something up and then go different styles. And then oh. let me just ruin it. <laughs> the year 2020, our Lord was born. Spoiler alert, Bajillion's resolution for this year is to shit on everything. <laughs> so. 2019 Rita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, my name's Julian. I'm Jillian. My name's Mike. I'm Sasha. Hi, everybody. Hi. It's so wonderful to see your glowing faces again. All of you were exposed to a deadly dose of radiation, which is why you're glowing. Mm-hmm. Also, one of you is pregnant, but we won't reveal who until Ooh. next week's episode. Wow. You're glowing, by the way. It's Spoiler the alert. It's, oh. it's, it's the ghost. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Mike fuck a, Mike, Mike fuck a fuck ghost. Fuck a, the ghost. <laughs> Mike fuck a ghost over the winter break. Uh, no, no one fucked a ghost, and, um, <laughs> so the, the sad announcement that I want to start out the year with is that, um, the ghost of Phoebe Bridgers has, um, chosen to leave the podcast. Um, she was just too busy. She had a lot of haunts that she was responsible mm-hmm. for. A lot of haunts, a lot of jaunts, a lot of... No, I don't want to finish it up anymore because you're going to get mad at me. I specifically looked to you to finish it and then you... Last time you made eye contact like that, it was... (laughs) Accused me of setting down my LaCroix can too hard, so forgive me Uh, if I'm sensitive. A, it was your phone. B, I was addressing the entirety of the podcast but looking at you. Mm -hmm. Uh, C... Goodbye, Phoebe. We wish you the best of luck and maybe if you want to drop that album on us in 2020... Yeah, she's that. going to help non-ethereal Phoebe. Mm-hmm. You know, gotcha. Off that gotcha. Like Peter Pan reclaiming his shadow. Got it. So, as we mentioned, it's 2020, and what better way to start the year than to fixate on the last one? Because mm-hmm. we live in the past, we are creatures of nostalgia, as the Latins say. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia is the feeling of an old wound. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh we're just going to start scratching at some wounds. Uh so on this week's episode, this week's, this Fortnite's episode, uh, we're going to discuss our top three favorite albums of 2019. We're going to discuss our top three favorite songs of 2019. And we're going to give you a little bit of bonus content that's going to help you get excited about this coming year. This coming year. <laughs> so you can get horny for the next 12 months. <laughs> Do you have an issue with what I just said, Jillian? You're so horny for 2020. It's overwhelming. Yeah, it's a lot. I like things that are divisible by two. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, how do we want to do this? Do we want to go round robin like my number three, your number three, your number three, your number three, my number two? Or do we each want to go? I thought we'd all give our top three. All in a row? Yeah. All right. Because we have so many sections. 
We do. If we were just doing top albums, then that would make sense. Got the headbone, mm-hmm. got the tailbone. I've got them all. Got Me the bones. goose feathers. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jillian, since you're chomping at the bit to yeah. be all in control and shit, why don't you start us off? Come on. Wow, wow, wow. New year, new <laughs> Jillian's going to start. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I don't know if I know what. Yeah. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Starting with confidence. Starting with a lot of vigor. Um this is my top three. Uh, number one is The Japanese House, Good at Falling. I got really into them this year because uh, Spotify recommended them like early spring for me and then Julian Baker posted about it and then I was like well if Julian likes it then I like it and then um, fell in love with her and saw her twice this year. Um, My favorite songs off of that album were Maybe You're the Reason, You Seem So Happy and Follow My Girl. My second favorite album. Question. Was, yeah, really already. Uh, where is this house in question? The, the the titular Japanese house. Is this located in Japan? It's in is England. This a, is this a house that's occupied by a Japanese family? No. She was like, family. she visited this particular house um, like as a kid growing up. Like So there is a family. literal house that mm-hmm. this band name is based off yeah, of. Yeah, and a celebrity, I believe it's, um, who's the lead in Titanic? Uh, the boat. Leo. Not Leo. James Cameron. Kate, was Kate Winslet. Winslet. I'm pretty sure, and Winslet. I could be 100% wrong. But... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Billy Zane, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wow. A Billy Zane. <laughs> a Z- a Zaniac? <laughs> a Zaniac <laughs> is out here with us. I'm pretty sure house now, or own the house at one point, but um, We also go by Bald Head Boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that uh, Amber Bain's family used to go there, and that's where the name comes from. Any more brain busters? <laughs> Not, yet. Not yet. Continue. I got that Billy Madison. Second favorite album is Two Hands by Big Thief. It's not the- Um, tough call because they put out two great albums this year. Um, and also I love Adrian Linker always. Uh, but Mm -hmm. I think my favorite song, and this is going to be repeated again, is Not and also Wolf. And notable mention from the sister album UFOF would be Cattails. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how did you make that Sophie's Choice? It, it was because I'm going to say I am obsessed with the song Not. And I think it drives that whole album, even though it's closer to the end. And I don't, I don't know. I, I listened through UFOF a bunch of times. Obviously, really, really liked it. But Two Hands got me a little bit harder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And then... Would you um, say that's uh, indicative of your... Uh, how you gravitate towards their music in general? Because, like, UFOF is the more sort of sublime, mm-hmm. folky album, whereas uh, Two Hands is more rough-hewn, rough, rough hewn, more rocky. I think it's because Adrian Linker gives us so much. She just gives and gives. And her solo stuff is so um, soft-spoken and folky that, like, I get that fix from her already throughout the year and the content she gives us in that way that I was very ready for uh, two hands from her. It was it was more reminiscent of the first two albums. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I expect from Big Thief, and I like that they went the opposite route on UFOF, but for me, of the two, definitely a two hands girl. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Which album cover is sexier? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, UFOF is like reminiscent of Summer and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and that is like, oof, mm-hmm. they, you know... They, they saw some stuff. <laughs> UFOF to me is like um, uh, body fluid stained like velvet. Mm-hmm. And then not is like the orgy scene in the Matrix Revolutions. Nice. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, no. What's the planet again? Uh, it's, Z- it's Zion. Zion. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rounding out my top three is Better Oblivion Community Center. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite songs, Service Road, Sleepwalking, Didn't Know What I Was In For. I think that's the collaboration that no one and everyone saw coming, um, because Phoebe is a proven collaborator now with, like, many great people, but Connor Oberst, I feel like, was a few years, a few years ago was working with like first aid kit and the guy from Dawes quite a bit, um, but hadn't been doing that as much. And then I don't know how they struck up a friendship, but she just seems down for whatever, like making music with her friends is mm-hmm. number one. So it's really cool that they put that together. Do you think that Phoebe Bridgers was an integral part of uh, getting Bright Eyes back on the scene? Bright I Eyes, who hundred percent think so. Just teased out a little yeah. bit of something, something on their Insta. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a a big part. I think he hadn't toured in a while, mm-hmm. and I think when he does tour, people probably expect a certain Bright Eyesiness from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't deliver that, then you know, I think the pressure would be on. So. I think it threw people maybe off the scent to come out with like a different like two person collaboration and um, the OCC was that it delivered it was great and I saw them live um, and they both covered each other's songs in a very different Aww. way uh huh um, he kind of reverse covered Phoebe Bridger's funeral but in a very like fast paced punk way oh, um, nice. and it was incredible and then she did Easy Lucky Free and that was amazing oh so, nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Going down the line, Mike, your flashlight on your phone is on. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go here. So, I guess yeah. I'll go here. So, uh, my third favorite album of the year uh, is Sharon Van Etten's uh, Remind Me Tomorrow. Oh, I was on my short list. He's thinking of something. 
brilliant album. Um, okay, I think, cry. No, no, I think it showed. <laughs> I think it showed a lot of growth for her as an artist and mm -hmm. as a human being. Um, mm -hmm. Like especially that she was in the midst of having a kid, going back to school for an undergrad degree, mm -hmm. and scoring uh, a small indie film, Strange Weather. Like all in the same time, so very hectic year, but um, I think she nailed it. You know, the opening track, I Told You Everything, um, is a really, really great song that is a very personal, you know, story that she tells in that, mm -hmm. um, of just about her, um, her initial partnership with her now significant other and how that grew from friendship to the next level and uh, just reflecting on how... Uh, opening up to people can cause a deeper connection. I think a lot of that maybe not self-evident in the song, some of the lyrics hint at it, but it's more so like that during interviews she had um, really laid it all out there on that one. But my favorite track by far is 17. Um, such a, such a good uh, song. The music video is great as well. Mm -hmm. I guess when she was filming the music video, she tried to find previous venues that she played at a lot in New York only to discover that most of them had shuttered years ago so mm -hmm. uh, very bittersweet nostalgia there mm -hmm. I would imagine um, and uh, best uh, execution of ladder work in a music video this year <laughs> just standing screaming on that ladder <laughs> yeah. that. but making sure not to stand on the top rung which mm -hmm. it, it explicitly yeah. tells you not to do right Absolutely. I always try do we all do? Uh, my number two. Is... Uh, I, I'm sorry, I have a question, Mike. If you were to start going by a three-name moniker, Ooh. Sharon Van Etten, as an example, oh. what would it be? I'm sorry, I gotta, I gotta jump in before this because it's not a three-name. I myself am a three-namer, but it's a two-name. She's Van Etten, like I'm Van Overbeck. Mm -hmm. Are are the Van Etten and Etten not separated by a space though? Yeah, it's a space, but it's one last name. It's like my last name. Mike, my question still stands. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would be Michael McRoanhouse. Oh, that counts, right? Adam and Mick, I like that. If we're going by Julian's standards. Okay. Thanks, right. Mike. Yeah. Uh, That's a good one. Julian's standards. Or just Michael David Roanhouse. It's a decent Ooh. one for that. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That, that answer is not accepted. Michael David. <laughs> no. Uh, but, all right. So on to number two here. We'll keep things moving. Uh, number two is Deer Hunter. Why hasn't everything already disappeared? I think it's an underappreciated album. I know a lot of some of their fans don't like it, but I think it's a solid album. Um, it's it's different than you know some of their other stuff. It's a little poppier. Like for example, my favorite track, Elemental. I feel like it's a very catchy track compared to some of their more experimental stuff that Brad, you know Bradford's done as of late. Um, apparently, his dad uh, James came over on his day off from work to visit his god dog. Um, Bradford's dog, God he dog. adores, okay. um, but Bradford made him record bass vocals on the track Elemental when the, he came over. The dog or his dad? Both, actually. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, uh, what? No, just the, just the dad. Just the dad. Okay. 
Um, apparently, his dad used to sing bass in a barbershop quartet, mm. and so it was uh, it was a nice moment, I guess, that they had together recording that track. Um, I really like the track No One's Sleeping as well. That track is a very political charged song, which they <coughs> typically are not really political. Um, it's about the tragic death of British politician Jill Cox, who was murdered in 2016 uh, by a man with a history of mental illness and extreme viewpoints. Um, Question, why don't Deer Hunter fans like this album, and why do you like it? Um, I feel like it feels like a themed album. I think, like I said, it, they're typically apolitical, but this one... I think he got to this point of just seeing the, th the threshold of stupidity being crossed essentially was something that drove him to be a lot more politically charged in his lyrics. Um, but the main, the main tone of the album is death, destruction, all things coming to an end. Um, I guess I'm a real downer. So I, I appreciated the overall theme to the album, which some of the other ones just seem a little bit more sporadic. So I felt like it was, as a whole, it was a, a tight album. And you think people don't like it because it's political? Yeah, and that there he doesn't experiment quite as much with it. It's mm -hmm. it's a little more straightforward, I feel like, than mm -hmm. some of their previous albums. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But um alright, so on to number one is Mannequin Pussy, Patience. to the most um it took him over two years to record the album i guess they scrapped a lot of it um during their label transition from the previous label to epitaph um and to me it's one of the most emotionally honest albums that i've heard in a while um that really just stuck with me like for example the song drunk two easily my favorite song of the year um just a really really great breakup song Great lyrics, great tempo, just super catchy. Amazing guitar and, solo. Yeah, just really well polished. Like comp compared to their last album, you can tell that they, you know, it, there's a lot more production that went into it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but in the best possible. It's a song you can cry and dance to all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and then you know, you have patience that has a good tempo change up. Um, you know, uh, building off of drunk too. Um, Love Again ends on a positive note. There's some, you know, one-minute banger songs in between the emotionally charged songs that help keep push the album forward. Mm -hmm. Michael, if you were to start a band today, this afternoon, <laughs> mm -hmm. not right now, we're recording a podcast, uh, and someone said, Mike, we have to name this band something confrontational and that will make people feel uncomfortable uh, when they're telling their friends and coworkers about it. Uh, what would that band be called? I'll tell you what it wouldn't be. Her first band name, which was The Nuns, which is a pretty bad yeah. name. Dig so it. one of her friends actually um, put her on to the name Mannequin Pussy and then changed it very quickly from The Nuns to uh, Mannequin 
implicitly. What, what? And I think it's a great social filter to keep close-minded people from listening to them that, you know, I, I think ultimately it will hurt their exposure, but in a good way, where it's a good social filter from keeping close-minded people away that yeah. necessarily wouldn't agree with their lyrics or their messaging. You didn't answer the question. Um, well, if I was female, it would be bitch in a Mercedes. That has been thought of before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, wow. I have a whole list of band names. <laughs> Another backup, <laughs> if I was um, a female, would be Cloudy with the Chance of Lesbian. You can still call yourself. <laughs> and I, I love that you as like a woman a is definitely queer. <laughs> yeah, you queer can, lo-fi. You can still call yourself that. Yeah. Oh, even, if, even though you're a man, you can still call yourself that. How about you there, Jillian? Let's put you on the spot. <laughs> you took all the band? good ones, Mike. <laughs> I will never think of anything better than that. None of us will. Those are good. <laughs> cool. I, you know what I will say? I have considered um, the moniker Young Les and also Lil Grump. So, <laughs> <laughs> Lil Grump. Lil Grump is very good. Just sounds like a parody rapper name. Yeah. I'm glad my life's a joke to you, Mike. <laughs> Next, mine would my band name. It's not really computational, but it would be Sty Eye. Sty Eye. Sty Sasha, are you ready for us? Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know if this is like the order. Like if this is yeah. one, two, three. It's kind of hard um to pick, but whatever. I'll just go. This is a, this is an NPO list. No, okay. no particular order. Good. They they both seem to you know. They ruined that. Oh, I just, meant, okay. I just meant for yours. <laughs> okay, good. I'm the only one. Cool. Um, so I'm going to start um, with the new pornographers and the Morse code of the brake lights. my favorite bands so their albums are always my favorite of the year basically. grandfathered in both because they're yeah. your favorite band and they are old yes <laughs> Aww. Aww. um but yeah i uh i think like for this album the first four songs are like legitimately perfect like all four of them are the songs that i just every time i listen to it it's just like Oh, okay, yes, yes, oh, yeah. Like, the first time I listened to the album, I was like, oh, 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 oh. And then, like, it's good. It's The rest of it is good. It's just the first four songs are perfect. For the listeners, Sasha was, like, blushing and gesticulating like a yes. uh, like a, a vapored Southern Belle. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's how I live my life. But, yeah, like, I think, like, Carl Newman in general is, like, a really great songwriter. Um, he's really great at writing about, like, doom and gloom. Um, and like the ridiculousness, ridiculousness of celebrity and yet the music is really fun to sing along to and fun to dance to and, and everything. Um, so I do like, I like the kind of the, the mixture of, of like real world issues and real like personal issues and then also like the sort of the fun that comes with the music and the singing. I'm, a, I'm like a sucker for, I've said this before, like lots of harmonizing and like lots of people vocalizing together. So. And they do that quite a lot. Um, so, 
Michael. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite songs are Falling Down the Stairs with Your Smile, You Need a Backseat Driver, and Colossus of Rhodes. So when the apocalypse comes, Sasha, will you be dancing, singing, crying, or a combination of all three? All three. Um, all three. I'll be cry singing, dance laughing, <laughs> <laughs> eat smiling? I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So my next album, favorite album of the year, is Angel Olsen, All Mirrors. safe to say that that album is just like all around pretty uh it like devastated me when I first heard it uh, I think like every, and I think every time I listen to it there's tears um it's kind of hard not to because I think I think I just relate to it a lot um but like there's a lot of like hopeless hopefulness to some of the songs like even tonight even though it's a very emotional song there's there's like a show of growth and um like promise for the future and she's really realizing she's better off without toxicity and I feel like that's kind of a theme throughout the entire album um so yeah like I said it really related to me I think we've all had those relationships that like have changed us and helped us grow as people um so I really appreciated it this album and you know we've been waiting a bit for it so it was a, a very very nice um a nice like late summer it was late summer no it was October never mind <laughs> very nice like uh um album to to get to hear this year um you might go ahead how much do you think the aesthetic of the album and her whole life has been just uh built around costumes because she's she's been <sighs> yeah. doing a lot of costume work these past few months totally um i love i love the the aesthetic of of like her this whole era because it feels very almost like vamp but in a way that's still very like i don't know indie girl <laughs> indie girl mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know how to explain it but. it's like gothic meets pinup meets the met ball Ooh, met gala okay 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 i like that uh, a little bit of elvira in there you know yeah um, she's a busty lady she's a busty lady yes uh i love her um <laughs> So, favorite songs, All Mirrors, Summer, and Tonight. Um, honestly, that entire album is like my, all the songs are my favorite songs. Um, and my last one. I had a really hard time, like, with this list, because, like, I kept... Yeah, you switching. mentioned that they're all, like, 80-way ties. Oh, definitely. Um, but I think I settled, I settled on Wise Blood, Titanic Rising. Smile with those eyes 
as my next favorite. Um, another album that just, I think, really surprised me. Um, I've always liked her music, but I think this one is the first one that I like really listened to in depth and, you know, got to see her live, got to see her live the second time um, earlier this, or in September of last year. And it's, again, another really relatable piece. Like, it, it's, it's like a millennial, like, mm. sort of navigating life and grief and online dating and capitalism through, like, a very nostalgic lens. Mm -hmm. um, and, but also there's just, like, this acceptance of these things, too. Um, and I just think, like, I love her voice. I love her style. Um, lyrically, it's beautiful. Like, and, and like, you know, some of, some of my favorite songs are Everyday Movies and A Lot's Gonna Change. And another, I really love, um, I can't think of the name of the song right now, um, Picture Me Better as well, even though it's insanely emotional. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful piece about, you know, a friend, um, that she lost, but I think it's just a very lovely, emotional, tragic song. But mm -hmm. she's she's great at that. I think writing that kind of music, like all my albums, are really sad. <laughs> but but yeah, but not without their you know bright spots. And I think yeah. uh, the common thread is that they all deal with these things through. Um, well, maybe not Angel Olsen, but through through sort of upbeat sounding music. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting how much of like a flower child hippie Natalie Maring is, yeah. and that makes this very like orchestral uh, sort of adult contemporary like yeah. vocal music. Yeah. Um, do you think we would be friends? Me, me, yes. me and Nat? Me and I, Natty I like, M's? I would like to think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would like to think so. I just want to go like thrift shopping. With I was her. just about to say that because those platinum boots she was wearing during mm -hmm. the show and that suit she was wearing. My best friend. Yeah, yeah. I I wish I had the audacity to pull off like a matching outfit, mm -hmm. but I just I just don't. <laughs> I, I I feel safe in contrast. And a suit jacket with your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I could get away I with think that. You could, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Thank you, Sasha. Yeah.